Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Independence Report. How is everybody today? I hope they are just fabulous. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Well, okay, it's rainy in Seattle. I understand where we're going to be talking to our guest for the hour. Uh, she is in a beautiful, sunny place. Uh, uh, not right now. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, well, she's from, she's, uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. And this is Susan Johnson. Susan, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you because, you know, uh, we've talked to several folks that are from the same book club that you are part of right. down, down in Vegas. And you guys have done some incredible work with the uh, storylines. Now, each one of you is different, but you each have got uh, your books and your storylines. And I think I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. And today's topic is particularly interesting because... A lot of people don't know what it is. They don't know if they've got it. They don't know if their their relatives have it, um, because it's it's one that really it's relatively new, isn't it, Susan? No, actually, it's been around for many, many, many years. Bipolar disorder. And just to start it off, I am not a doctor. I just want to like say I'm just, I'm a woman with that lives with bipolar disorder. But do you play a doctor on TV? <laughs> right? No. <laughs> I do not play with Dr. Auntie. Sorry, you have the wrong Susan Johnson. <laughs> but you but you you do have uh experience with the disorder on Absolutely. a very personal level. Absolutely. A lifetime of experience with bipolar disorder. Yes. And so for those of us that are not really aware of it, what is it? Okay. So bipolar disorder is a mood disorder. It's a chemical imbalance in the brain, which causes euphoric highs known as manias and devastating lows to the point of suicide. Bipolar disorder can be treated with medication. That's, that's it in a nutshell. So it's not something that you bring on yourself. It's not something that you created because you wanted attention. It's an actual chemical imbalance in the brain. And it's genetic. Oh, great. That's good news. Because <laughs> that means that means that if you're if somebody that you knew now, didn't they used to call that manic depressive? Is that what it's they used to call you are it? exactly correct? Yes. And that is manic depression. Yeah, and and so the the bipolar meaning that it it goes obviously to each pole, which is as far north as you can go and as far south as you can go. And how often does it happen? Can it happen like in and within? Can you be great today and really crappy tomorrow? You, it can happen within twenty seconds to a minute. It's called okay. a mixed mania if you're not medicated properly. Yes. Oh, dear. So so how did you find out about yours? I was 19 years old and I went on a cruise to celebrate my high school graduation. And all these bizarre, crazy, euphoric things were happening to me. I wasn't 
that much of a drinker at the time. I'm on table screaming, somebody buy me a margarita. I, I tasted escargot for the first time, which I would never do if I wasn't on a manic high. I was not myself. I was up all night. I had a journal. I was writing and I could solve the world's problems. I didn't understand what was happening to myself. But when I returned from that weekend, my parents knew exactly what was going on. They knew I had bipolar disorder because my mother is a nurse and my uncle lives with bipolar disorder as well. So hence the uh, hereditary nature of it. Yes. I was very lucky to get an early diagnosis. Many people go throughout their entire lives and don't even know they have it. Oh, everybody just knows, my goodness, that's a moody person. But, you know, everybody has moods. There's different, you know, everyone's like, whoa, we're all a little bipolar disorder. Okay, do you need medication to have a stable life? You know, that's where I think the it's different. I, oh, I, I know it's different. My brother had his um, second and third wife was uh, bipolar. And uh, her problem was... She would get to feeling, and I suppose this is kind of normal. I, oh, I don't know. I'll ask you. You know more than I. Um, she would get to feeling normal, whatever normal is. She would feel happy and, and feel like life is good and things are going well. I'm fine. I don't need to take this medication. And then she would crash. And then it would take a while for her to then determine, well, you know what? Maybe I do need this medication again. Is that, is that kind of a, a, a seesaw, up and down uh, kind of behavior that happens? Absolutely. I think it happens to everyone that has bipolar disorder that hasn't accepted that we need the medicine and we need to surrender to it daily, uh, needing them like the oxygen we need to breathe. That's how I see it. Did anybody tell you that you're kind of brave to step out here and do this? Yes, but I'm no braver than anyone that lives with a mental illness, and that's one in five people in the United States. Huh? Yeah. Did you say one in five? One in five live with some type of mental illness, not necessarily bipolar disorder. That's what happened with my ex-wife. No, I'm kidding. Um, Probably. <laughs> and, and there's another reason why you're brave as well. Not only have you written the book... Um, but you've also ended up on TED Talks. I did. I gave a TEDx talk January 16th, which is going to be released in a couple weeks. The name of the talk is called Having a Mental Illness is Not a Death Sentence. And the talk is about overcoming obstacles in order to follow your dreams, whether you have bipolar disorder or you don't. That's the... The topic of the talk. Very cool. And and how did it go? I rocked the stage, I must say. <laughs> I shot out of that stage like a cannonball, just on fire with my passion. So I'm very proud of the talk, and I think it will be well-received. Of that, I have no doubt. You, you, from what I understand, you did a beautiful job. And to go back to your past a little bit, you are. Uh, you went to uh, Drake University. You got a BA in sociology, um, and uh, 
you you were you were uh, diagnosed in 1995, and um, that gave you the opportunity to take on the passion that you have today, which is to help people understand what's going on and what bipolar is, how it can be maintained properly so that so that you can live the life that you really would truly like to live and not get because you know that's one of those things about susan that about mental illness is some of us there's some people tend to think oh well it's a uh if it's a mental illness it's because of some sort of weakness or there's some but all it is is a chemical imbalance it's it would be like having gout uh, or something like that, where you've got uh, high uric acid in your in your blood, and that's just is what causes it. This is what causes that, and but it's really no different, is it? No, and a lot of times it's been explained to me. It's like diabetes. That's a better example. Diabetic, you know, diabetic needs insulin. I need medication for my illness. I mean, then there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's I mean, no shame in that in society. You know, wants to throw the stigma. They want to say you should be ashamed if you take medicine. You should be ashamed if you have bipolar disorder. And there is no shame. Why do some people consider it a, a uh, I guess a, a a moment of weakness to have to take medication? Why would somebody even believe that? That it's a moment of weakness. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've actually heard that. It's like, is it, you know, it's like I don't know. They they if they were strong, they wouldn't have to worry about it. They wouldn't be. And it's the same thing like uh, um, postpartum depression and other other things that are that clearly is a chemical imbalance in the brain. And and uh, but there are people that that uh, I don't know why they would they would think that either. Maybe they don't anymore. Uh, that would be good. That would be good. In your experience, how has how has your how has your I I how do I even call do I call it a disease? Do I call it a, a, a so how do you handle daily life with your disease? What's it like for you? I am highly successful because, like we were talking about, I take my medication. I take it daily, and I am able to follow my dream working in an elementary school with special ed students as an assistant because I have my stability. Oh, that is so cool that you're working with kids that uh, are special needs. Absolutely. That's, that is awesome. So how long have you been doing that for? I have been doing it consecutively for 13 years. Oh, good for you. Good for you because you seem like a very nice person and I'm sure the kids love you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. No, they do. Yeah. yeah. Of course, of course they do. You've been doing it for 13 years. So when was it that you decided that, uh, you know, based upon my experience and stuff, and I see a lot of misinformation out there, I think I'm going to write a book. When did you decide to do that? I decided to do that about 13 years ago, and it was for my own healing journey. It was never supposed to be read by anybody. <laughs> see, I told you you were brave. Including my parents. And my husband. <laughs> well, there could be some things in your husband that, that you might write that he might not like. I don't know. They've both been so supportive, my parents and my husband, about me being so public with my story. So I'm really blessed with that aspect. But it began as a healing journey, and it took six years to write. 
Wow. Yes. And that had to, you had, you left a little bit of yourself on each page, didn't you? Oh, everything. I put everything out there. I didn't hold back anything. Nothing is made up. It's all the truth. And the truth can be scarier than fiction sometimes. But I found it to be even more healing than some of the years that I spent on the psychologist's couch. Now, if it's, if it's a um, chemical imbalance in the brain, why did you feel the need to, to go sit on, go be on the couch? Um, you really need that as a person that lives with bipolar disorder. It's very important to have a lot of support in your life and a good therapist is essential for having success in my opinion. Now, do they uh, also monitor the uh, medication to make sure that you have the right amounts and all that? Okay, so a psychiatrist does that job with the okay. monitoring of the medication. And a psychologist is like a, a top therapist. In some states, they can be one person can do both jobs. But here in Nevada, they're separate. Ah, okay. So it's, and it's just a matter of having somebody to talk to that isn't invested in the situation at hand that can give you some advice on, on how to do things. And in, they're essential for suicidal people. And are, well, there, there you got me again because I'm. Are bipolar people, do they have a higher degree of uh, suicide than. Absolutely. Than, oh, dear. Yes. Yes. And then you I put didn't. the pandemic on top of that, too, you know? It's not. It has, it not has to be. It has to have been just a horrible year for some folks. Absolutely. So, so. Is it is it the manic? Is it's the depressive part when somebody goes into that dive and they're not on medication that they might consider taking their life? Is that is that how that Absolutely. works? Yes, for sure. Oh, that's that that is so sad. Do you have any statistics on that, or is that not off the top of my head? Yeah, I use Google. Google's my friend. <laughs> Good. So look it up, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll bet you that you'll find a higher degree of uh, of. Uh, um, of people that that have bipolar that that have been suicidal, and that's that's such a shame because it's a, such a waste. It is, and you know the the saddest part is it's the families that have to live without them. You know, day to day to day, parents are burying their children, and it's just it's it's heartbreaking, and it could be prevented. Yeah, and but easier uh, said than done, you know. Well, it takes a commitment, doesn't it? Absolutely. Because it takes it in in your case, you've been kind of lucky, I think. Well, I, luck, I don't know if I use that term, but uh, you, because your parents are supportive, your husband is supportive. You've got a good group around you. Yes, and I help um, co-lead a mental health support group at my church, so That's that cool. is very effective as well. It's so important to have that support network. It's got to be a big support network, and I know not a lot of people have that. And people are lonely, and you know, just keep going. Remember, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You're in that situation. You know, it seems to me you're an educated woman. You've done a lot. Um, you've you've experienced this. You've worked through it. You got a good. So you should write a book. I have blogs that I've written for a magazine for a number of years. Uh -huh. so I hope to publish those out to get some new work out in addition to the book that I did write. 
Oh, you did write a book. Oh, okay. <laughs> See now, ladies and gentlemen, I knew that. I knew she'd written a book. I was just setting her up. Oh, look, it happens to be here. Oh, how about that? It's right, right there in front of us. Some dreams are worth keeping i love that and it's in the background too if you can see it my poster yeah. in the I'm pointing it's, yeah it's right there some dreams are worth keeping so um you get to you still get to have a good life even though even though you've got bipolar right i am a blessed bipolar for sure and you're also working your heart out to bless other people to help them help themselves because nobody can really get you to take the medication. No. And I think so many people struggle with that. I hear a lot of heartbreaking things from parents saying, well, how do I get my child, you know, my, my kid to take the medication. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. They have to hit rock bottom. They have to come to the acceptance and the realization that they have a mental illness. So there's nothing that the parents can do, unfortunately. There's no magic words or advice, and that's that's really hard to tell people. I've I've got a couple of kids, and I can't imagine watching a a child of mine descend into hell until they decided to take action on their own, because it is kind of a form of hell going into that depression, isn't it? Absolutely. It's it's hard for us to really, unless you unless you go through it. And I, you know, we all suffer from depression occasionally and stuff, but that that that's, has no candle to what we're talking about here. This is completely different. Yeah, this is like a depression that you can't even get out of bed. You can't. Some people can't shower. You can't function. You know, you can't work. You don't want to eat. I mean, it's it's the pits. Oh my goodness gracious! Now, now because you're on medication, does that? mitigate it or does that level you out so, so that yeah i'm leveled out so i don't experience the highs and the lows do you miss the highs no oh. i've seen my life um, a disaster with the highs well i i can imagine standing on a table in in uh, mexico uh waiting for a margarita and, and some escargot what might be a little excessive yeah for sure because that is, I've had escargot. Well, no, I've looked at escargot. I would never eat it. You don't want it. No, <laughs> it is not. I, I used to uh, work in in uh, uh, the food service industry, and we had an oyster bar, and I used to shuck oysters. Oh, I've wow. seen what comes out of an oyster, and I want no part of it. Yeah, my husband actually eats oysters, and I'm like. Does he use a lot of cocktail sauce? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because because that's that's now that's not a real uh, connoisseur of raw oysters. That person is the one that takes a little bit of salt and a little bit of lemon, and that's all they put on that thing. And then they, I don't know how they get it down, but uh, without it coming back up. But that's 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 just me. Yeah, I'm not into that either. <laughs> so, but that that's good. So, uh, when now, how old were you when you got married and had kids? I was later in life. I was 29 when I met my husband, and he's three years older than I am. And we do not have children as a result of me having bipolar disorder. But I'm not saying that people with bipolar disorder should not have children. It is a personal choice. And, and you kind of felt like it would be passing on something that you didn't want to pass on, right? There was a chance. 
And I just, I know that taking care of me on a daily basis is enough. Just ask my husband <laughs> and, you know, putting a kid, I would be so stressed out financially and it's, it's such a big job. Uh, it is, you know, I was talking to somebody about that earlier today and they don't have any, uh, um, we were talking actually about the, uh, the, uh, shooting in, uh, Boulder, Colorado. And it was like people, people can get a gun without a license and they can have babies without a license, but can't drive a car without a license. Right. We've got our priorities mixed up just a little bit. You scratch your head. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I am lucky though. I have a beautiful God daughter who's 10. Oh, so beautiful. She's Hannah has been a wonderful joy in our lives. And, you know, we've been with her from the get go. You know, when she was a baby, we were holding her and now she's 10. So we're really enjoying being godparents. Oh, that's that's awesome. You know, it wouldn't, not everybody is designed nor should everybody have children. I agree. Uh, you know, it's it, it's a it's a choice, but it, it's a choice. It's somewhere. Trust me, I know from experience somewhere in the first year of life. As I was up at two o'clock in the morning, my wife was dead tired because she was still feeding him and stuff, and I was trying to get the thing to bed. And it's like, and I had to be up at seven hours to to go back to work another twelve hour shift. It's like, I'm not sure this was such a great idea after all. Absolutely, and I need a lot of sleep. A lot of sleep having bipolar disorder. I mean, I require eight to ten, if not twelve, hours a night to just make it through the days. I, I get it. I, well, yeah. I'm not as young as I used to be, and I I could use 12 hours of sleep too. That would that would be really pretty cool. Um, so, do you find that if you get um, if if your your if your organizational structure changes, or you have things that you didn't expect to have happen, does that affect? Are you do you, does your system operate best with normalcy and the same things kind of every day? Absolutely. Yes. That helps me with stability very much. A routine, getting up at the same time, eating at the same time, going to bed at the same time definitely helps. That's that that's good. And you've got the self discipline to do that. I do. That's 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 a even lot. for even for living in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Remember Red 32. I All right. I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> well, if you put five bucks on it and you lose, I've never met you before in my whole life. Um, so, but that, th those things, those things happen. But you know, that's, I, I can, now I can see somebody with bipolar disorder. Oh boy. Think about, think about somebody that's not on medication and they decide that they're going to go to the casino and they're having a euphoric moment. And yeah. doing the euphoria, and and things are going well. Then they start to lose, and then they then they dip into the depression, and then it could be a hell. Of yeah, a I don't. I mean, if you're in that situation, in Las Vegas is probably not the right city for you to be uh, living in. Because it, it can, that roller coaster ride can be can be just. People awful. are going into debt, maxing out credit cards without living in Las Vegas, having bipolar disorder. Oh. Sure. Well, yeah, it's it's all you know, and and I do have a little bit of experience with bipolar because my brother um, married, like I said, married uh, his his wife, who that he did not know. She she kept that from him, 
until they were married? Yeah, and no, uh, we definitely had a discussion and I took my husband to my psychiatrist before we got married. Oh, cool. That's, now there's an idea. Yes. And, and did, did that help him understand what, what uh, you were going through? He had already had some experience with uh, some youth kids that he worked with in the past. So he was familiar uh, with bipolar disorder and he got to know me pretty well. And he knew that it was stable. Oh, very cool. What does he do? He works for Williams Sonoma Pottery Barn. Are you familiar with the company? I've heard of them. Yeah. Yes. And he works at home and he has before the pandemic too. So he's been lucky. Working from home is a wonderful, wonderful place to be because that's, you know, it's kind of nice. Uh, the commute's a lot less and, and the food's actually better at home than where you can buy it somewhere else in a lot of cases. The commute's the best. It is. Going from the, the bedroom to the bathroom to the office. That, that seems to work. Yeah, it was uh, quite a transition with lockdown and, you know, having to do virtual teaching. How did Overnight. you handle that? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Huh? It's been hard. Happy. And we just went back to the building at the beginning of March for the younger kids. And then we'll have more come back after spring break. Well, that would be cool if you can get more kids back in. But it's and now the younger kids, correct me if I'm wrong, but the younger kids are not passing it on or they're not getting it as uh, badly as the older kids. I'm right? not sure what the statistics are. Ah, okay. Well, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad that we are, I think we are on the downward side. I hope. Yeah, me too. And I got my vaccination. So I'm a, I'm a believer in that. So I'm very happy for that. Good for you. Good for you. And there's vaccinations are nothing more than science's best opportunity to try and help us the best way we can. Um, and I haven't heard of any negative. I've heard of people having a sore arm or something like that, but but nothing, nothing major with that. Yeah, I just had headaches for a couple of days, but it was no big deal. Ah, very good. Now, tell us more about the book. It is my healing journey, starting from the cruise, then my childhood, and just going from childhood to moving to Iowa after living in sunny California and being kicked and dragged and was not happy about that from my parents. My dad got a job. I, I grew up in Southern California. My dad got a job in Iowa, said, pack up your bags. We're moving to Iowa. If you, uh, if did you, he, did he recognize now I've been in California and I've also been in Iowa. Does he recognize that those are kind of like two completely different places, like two different planets? Uh, absolutely. That it, That's why it was so hard in college for me. It was oh, so yeah. hard for me to live there with the winters so cold. It really affected the bipolar disorder. But I had an amazing psychologist who really brought me through it all. And we've reunited since the book's come out. Well, good so that's for been you. really special. So I'm, I did graduate from Drake University, as you mentioned, and then I moved to Virginia and hit rock bottom. And at that point, my parents SOS me here to Las Vegas. And that's just a little bit. What, what, what was rock bottom for you? Uh, not being medicated properly, 
kind of living in denial about having bipolar disorder, even though I had a diagnosis, you know, I wanted to do it my way. You know, I wanted to live my way. Who wants to have bipolar disorder? It's one of those things that nobody wants to have that. It's like, it's like diabetes. You, you're right. That's a, that's a great example. Nobody wants to have diabetes, and but there's not a thing you can do about it um, except take medication if that's warranted. It's just my life was a disaster. I couldn't work. And, you know, I was calling my parents for money to help, you know, pay rent. And I was in a toxic relationship. And it was just bad news, bad news. That happens a lot with people that are that have bipolar is is their relationships are oh, at yeah. sometimes at best rocky at sometimes highly dysfunctional. It was very dysfunctional. Well, I'm glad you're out of it now. I'm glad yeah. you've got a good place and you've got a good and you you sound like you're in a wonderful place. Yeah, I am very blessed. Um, my husband and I are going to have our 14th anniversary in June. Congratulations. So, exciting because I do know that people with bipolar disorder have a 90% chance of divorce. And in some cases, more than one time to the same guy. Sounds like it. Yeah, it was, it was one of those things, you know, where, uh, um, well, and, and that was in between the, the restraining order that she got on him, even though she's the one who... Anyway, that's a, that's, sounds like your brother should be writing a book. Is what it sounds like. Well, he he would be, but, but well, you know what was really hard about that is he really did care for her. He really did love her. That's heartbreaking. But when she would, but when the, it's 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 kind of like um, we're going to get married, and I'm going to get married to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Now, Dr. Jekyll, I like a lot because he's scientific mind and he's a lot of fun to be around and we have fun. Mr. Hyde, not so much. He's, he's so half your time is being with somebody that, that you love who they are, you love their energy, you love their sense of humor and who they are. And then they, there's that dark side, which can flare up at a moment's notice. And it can it can drive you away. It can drive the police to your house, Ugh. which happened on numerous occasions. And, and unfortunately, people end up in jail too. A lot of people that have it. That and that that happened there too. It it, it was almost to the point where the police. It's a small community in Washington, and mm -hmm. the the police knew them by their first names. Oh jeez. You know, but, and and it was all because when she was doing great, she was doing great. When she down went down. She would take her medication after it was too late. And the other thing, problem that she had, I don't know if this is related or not, but she also had a problem with promiscuity. Is that is that? Oh, a, yes. I did not mention that. That's a big, big, big issue. It was in their case. <laughs> Sex drive, yeah, increased. Absolutely. So faithfulness, you know, unfaithfulness, big problem. So what she would do is uh, they would break up. She would get mad at him and they would break up. He would have, she would have several guys that uh, she wanted to date. And then as she, after she went through those people and they figured out who she really was, then she went back to him. Aww, and, and that's he so kept, sad. He kept, so it was highly dysfunctional. Yeah, it, it, it really was. And, uh, yeah. Well, you know, but that's, but he, I use him as an example uh, because 
he had no idea what bipolar was before he met her. He did not know the severity of it. And if they would have, if he would have known enough to be able to say, listen, sweetie, I love you to death. We need to fix this problem, and I'm willing to help you do that. And let's go to the people that we need to go to to get this done. They could have made it. No. But, but because she wasn't willing and he wasn't willing, and then they'd get into a fight and the police would come, and then it, was, it was a mess. Yeah. But, but I'm so glad that you're doing well, and I, w- I would like you to tell our audience where you're, you can be found on the web, on your website, so that they can come talk to you. Okay, www.sjohnsonauthor.com. As in SusanAuthor.com. Through the S, Johnson. Yes. Yeah, SJohnsonAuthor.com. Yes. Now, yeah. there is another Susan Johnson. She writes steamy romance novels. Wrong Susan Johnson. Oh, well, but you never know. You're young. You've got lots of time. You can. <laughs> I have lots of time. You, yes. And uh, so, you know, you can do. You get to do anything you like. You know, is that. Since you're since it's stable and you're on medication and you're and you don't have to worry about the super highs and super lows, do you find that your life is a lot uh, more manageable and a lot more fun? Absolutely. Because you don't feel like you've got to worry about a lot of friends. I'm very lucky. Oh, that's that's awesome. Now, are are your friends um, generally aware of of uh, your condition and stuff? Every yeah, all my close friends absolutely know about it. And. do they ever look at you and say, did you take your medication today? No, that's the worst thing that you can tell us, you know, that you can ask someone. That's, tell us why. You no, know, it's, it's, it's insulting. And it's hurtful. You know? Yeah, that's, that's I a time I and a place for it. And it's loosely used in society. Yeah, it, it really is. And we can, and we can, we can inadvertently hurt somebody's feelings and not even know it. Yeah. So that's that's a, that's a shame. So, um, and by the way, let's let's get the in case somebody is just joining us. You're going to be on TED Talks. I am. My talk is going to be released at the beginning of April, and it's called "Having a Death." Having a mental illness is not a death sentence. Should be able to find it under Susan Johnson. I'll have links on my website. It is a amazing talk. It is entertaining and passionate and educational. I'm very very happy with it. So I hope you'll check it out. This is Susan Johnson, not the erotic book uh, person, the steamy book person, but this is the this is the real book person. which is which is just awesome. What what else? If you had, if I was to fly down here from Mars, and I just said, and you're the first Earthling that I met, and you said, how would you describe the condition that you have and what it takes to maintain it and all that kind of good stuff? I would say it is a mood disorder that needs medication, and there's a number of things that you need for success family, a support network, sleep, proper nutrition, exercise, and just a positive attitude. 
and also faith. Faith is a big one for me. Having a faith for me, it's being Catholic, but for other people, it's other beliefs. But you got to believe in something. I, I think that that's essential with living with us. You know, and as, you, as you were reading down the list, I was just thinking, well, gosh, I should do that. And I should do that. I could do that. That'd be really good. <laughs> but but in, the, in your case, it's more a matter of regulating the entire system and regulating your entire environment to get the desired outcome. Yes. It's taken me a lifetime to get here. It's, it's nothing that's happened overnight. That's for sure. And by the way, you got a long lifetime left, too. I hope so. Of course, you you're you're just a kid. Uh, you've got you you've got, and uh, you, you know it's it's great that you've got the support system, because, okay, I drove a metro bus in Seattle for eleven years. Uh, the healthcare system in Seattle is not. I'm not going to say it's broken. I'll say it's not well. Um, there are people that need medication that are not getting medication. There are people that need help that aren't. Um, and so there are lots of folks that, that are, are in, and I can't imagine the daily struggle of what it would be like to be excited as heck one moment and to be feeling like horrible the next moment and having a back and forth. That's, that's got to be the, the, uh, a really hard thing for, for people to have to deal with. It's and exhausting. Yeah. And and you in but you've you've conquered it and I, I guess I can't say you've conquered it because you're managing it. Yeah, I'm gonna have it the rest of my life. You know, there's no cure for it, unfortunately. Now, do you know what the uh, chemical imbalance is in the brain that causes it? Uh, not off the top of my head. It's probably some real long words put together, and 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 stuff. So there there, but there are chemical imbalances but now maybe i don't know but maybe they can figure out how to balance those chemicals out well they're having problems finding the genes you know it's not just like you know i've been watching some shows about it and it's not you know it's not as easy as it sounds to try to find the correct genes well no no because they're real little itty bitty things exactly yeah, and, and you got to be able to find the right one. And it's probably, I would be, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it not only was a specific gene, it was a combination of. Yeah, it is. Yes. And that makes it really difficult for them to be able to put the combination together to get to every everything then working together. And, and that, that's, that's why medication right now is the best thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So, Susan, by the way, let's uh, get the information about your website out again. Uh, com, And my book is available on Amazon, or you can get it through my website, and I can get you a personally autographed copy from, my, from there. That would, be, that, would, that would be awesome. So uh, how long has the book been out? It, the first edition came out in 2015, and the second edition came out in 2018. And I imagine before too long, there will be a third edition. Wow. And now, is that because you sold out of uh, the first edition? I had a traditional publisher for the first edition, and then he went under. So then um, I took the book into my own hands and self-published. 
And has it been, how's it been doing self-published? It does pretty well. I mean, I, I'm more interested in helping people than I am being the number one best-selling author. Although being the number one best-selling author of a book like you have would help more people. So and that's, that's why I'm glad you're here, so that we can get the information out about you and your work and bipolar. And it's not, it's not the boogeyman that's in the closet. It's just a chemical imbalance yeah. that uh, medication is needed to take care of it. And if you know somebody who, let me ask you a question. If you, have, if you know somebody that they've got a teenager and that teenager's acting up and they don't know why, uh, and they're thinking about what you said, and they're thinking, well, maybe that's it. What would you suggest that they do? Have them go talk to a doctor for a proper diagnosis. A medical doctor or? Yes, okay. yes medical doctor. Are there tests that they give them to, to see if there's, they're? There's criteria. Okay. And then once, they, once the doctor says, yep, they've got bipolar disorder, then what, are the, what, what would be a good course of action? For a parent, finding a psychologist to educate you on coping mechanisms, how to live with it, those types of things. So, in reality, learning to cope with it is as much of a skill on the people that are surrounding the individual as it is for the person who is does have the disorder to take their medication. Because there's there needs to be a total understanding of what what can happen, what's liable to happen, and how to deal with it, right? Yes, for sure. And because they're people that you love, and you want to make sure that, you, especially, uh, how heartbreaking it would be for your to have a child that went through that. It's like when you were just descending into your worst times when you were in Virginia. That mm -hmm. must have been horrible for your parents. Yeah, I know it was hell for them. It was hell for them, and I'm just so blessed that they never turned their back on me. That is a great testament to how to handle this, rather than saying, "Well, your 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 moods are killing me. I can't deal with it," and and not helping because it's not it had nothing to do with you. It was not your fault. No. Um, I mean, there are lots of kids that do stupid stuff that is their fault. This wasn't one of them. But, you know, when you're not taking the proper medication, you make some bad choices. Well, yeah, but I remember when I was, you know, 20, I was pretty much invincible. Nobody was going to hurt me. I was tougher than nails until I got punched in the face and had to go to the hospital. And then I'm not, not nearly as invincible as I used to be. But when, when we're that age... We're thinking we're tough. We can do it. We don't need this stuff. And and until until you face a realization, and it can be tough. Hitting rock bottom is something that, that happens in a lot of different cases. Uh, in this case, um, it's too bad that people have to go down there to get better. But I'm glad you got better. Thank you. And I'm glad that you're here to help people. Thanks. Thank you for helping me share my message and having me as a guest on your show. You betcha. But you know what's really fun is for every book that you sell, it's, it's kind of like what I do here. There are people that are going to be listening to you who I will never meet. I'll never know who they are. But they're going to go buy your book. 
and they're going to follow the rule or to do what needs to be done once they understand what's going on with them or their their relation and then they're going to they're, they're going to be able to fix it and it's something that you did and you had no idea yeah it's uncomprehensible uncom- to me sometimes and it's uh, it's overwhelming to tell you the truth to think that my that me sharing my story could touch other people around the world like that well you know i know you're a woman of faith and you know that god put you out there for that reason for you to be able to do this because it takes in addition to having gone through the experiences that you've gone through it takes quite a little intestinal fortitude and for those of you don't know what that means that means guts to be able to stick yourself out there and 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 to say whoa look at me because this is what happened to me and uh i i can help other people and so bless you for that that's wonderful so let's go over your uh, um, uh, information one more time i want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to go to i even i've learned it by now s johnson author at s johnson author.com SJohnsonAuthor.com. That's perfect. And the name of the book, again, is Some Dreams Are Worth Keeping. I personally think all dreams are worth keeping, um, but especially if you can do it from a happy, positive, loving way. And uh, you have all of those, and, and your husband should be very proud of you, and your, and your uh, parents should be proud of you. Thank you. And by the way, we love the Seahawks. So go Hawks. Yay! Thank you very much for that. We pre- <laughs> we appreciate that. They didn't do very well. We well they did you well. Know. You know. Uh, you know. You can get me going. I can spend the next hour talking about that. But in any event, at this is the part of the show where I want to give you the opportunity. You have the sole floor, young lady. You have the opportunity to talk to any of our listeners about anything that you would like them to know. I want people to know that if they're struggling with depression or they feel lost with this pandemic, that there is hope, that there is help, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. If I did it, anybody can do it. Just keep going. Keep going. Life is worth it because some dreams are worth keeping. I've heard that before. Was that in a book? Isn't that a good idea? Isn't that a nice name for a book? It is. And and also check out the first of the month because she's going to be doing, she's doing, she's already done it, but it'll be released in uh, the first of April, which is a TED Talks, and that's entitled, um a mental illness is not a death sentence it'll be the first couple weeks in april but i'll have a link at my website go to her website and then there'll be a link there and you can watch her ted i love ted talks they they, they've got some really really cool information on them yeah they're they're amazing they're just about so many different topics these days every topic you can imagine there's a ted talk about and it's from people that have been through it through the wars came out the other side and either write a book or a documentary or whatever it is that they do to help people around the world live lives a little bit better, which is not that we couldn't 
have any of that because goodness knows we got enough problems. But it, it's great that it's great to talk to you, Susan, and I appreciate you being here. I've on. been honored uh, to be on your show today. Thank you so much. Oh, you don't have to say that because I'm honored to have you here because that, <laughs> it is it is what I it is what I do to try and bring on some people that are just extraordinary and and you qualify even though all you say is that you just take medication or whatever but you're qualified as a really strong tough positive woman of faith who uh, people can follow and can do well too. Thanks. Thank you very much again, and uh, you had to stay with me for just a moment. I've got to do this, and then I'll be right the bank. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other is all we've got. See you next time. A mind dependence report.